Hey everybody, and welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. I'm George Tello, and I know it's been hot, guys, the last couple days. Um, I hope right now when you're listening to the podcast, you're in your AC somewhere, whether it's in your home, apartment, uh, you know, shack, wherever, tent, wherever you live. Uh, you know, maybe you're driving to work and you have that nice AC blast, and, and maybe you're listening at work. So hopefully you're away from the heat. I know it's going to go away uh, from Wednesday on to the weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy this week's podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, this new proposal that's been, uh, brought to my attention by, um, one of the members in division one, uh, to combat a certain issue, uh, that hasn't been like a gigantic issue, but I think the totality of it happening outweighs the frequency of it happening. And maybe we could find a way to distribute um, said funds when they get spent uh, to somewhere else. And I'll get into that to start the show. I'm um, obviously catch you guys up on what's going on in both divisions. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the teams in both divisions as we dive a little bit deeper as we get towards the end uh, of what has been a very interesting season. Um, like I said, I'll talk about that later in the podcast for both divisions and what that means for these teams going forward, as I normally do on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode of the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. So let's start off with this proposal. Uh, you know, late last night, before I'm going to bed, I uh, get this text from a manager in the league saying that he has an idea how to combat the rage quitting. Now, I don't think it's been something that, uh, if you look at the totality of the league, I don't find it as something that is so exonerated. Like, I don't, I don't feel like it happens that much. But maybe there's a way to absolutely rid us of it entirely. And what that manager's proposal was, uh, was essentially that million dollar fine, uh, whether it's all of it, half of it, a a percentage of it, goes to the manager that the rage quit happened to. Uh, I think there is, uh, what what this manager had said was, um, essentially, you don't want the satisfaction of winning a match be taken away because someone else couldn't handle the loss or there was a mistake. Uh, in this situation, I think there's been a couple mistakes this year from myself. I know Aaron, I don't know. I haven't talked to Aaron enough to know if that was a mistake or not. And he was just really upset and just kind of let buttons get pressed. But regardless, it doesn't matter when there's a serious rage quitting situation, when there's not a 50, 50 on it, when there's a legitimately a rage quit, this manager is, uh, is asking the league I don't know if this is going to happen, but he brought it to my attention last night. That is just something to bring up on the podcast. And I don't know what kind of percentage I would cut out of that million dollars to go to a manager on a rage quit. If it's like a definite rage quit, I think you're looking at at least half. I think half a mil to go back to compensate that team for you rage quitting actually would be a good incentive. Right? Because I imagine that teams, especially in D1, don't want to quit games because they're going to end up giving their money up. Essentially, you're going to lose a wager match of half a million dollars if you rage quit. And I don't, I don't know if guys want to become known for giving their money away, right? Because I think all the other managers in the league will be like, not only did you rage quit, you lost a percentage of your money. Uh, and obviously, the league will still get what they want in dead money if they do a 50-50 split in this particular area. Um, now, I, I don't know if the league will go for something like that. I particularly told this manager like there is a low chance that they even consider this but 
a absoluteness to the rage quitting ending would actually be something beneficial to the league in many different ways. Um, I know there's a fear of that. Uh, that or excuse me, that fear escapes a lot of managers when they play the Twitch games because they're in front of everyone. You don't want to be caught red-handed, right? You if you're going to make a mistake, you're going to make a mistake and quit early. But in these instances, what the goal is is to rid us of such of something that is such a deliberate act it seems like you're upset i'm gonna leave whatever peace out you won fuck you like that's what it comes down to me and i've done that i'm sure almost everyone in the league has considered it um even when they're playing well and they lose it like what the hell so we've all been there where we're upset and i do think that this is an issue that hopefully that we can combat and if this is the way to do it i think this manager uh who i'm gonna keep quiet for now um out of respect and, uh, you know, regardless of the things that have happened in the last couple of weeks or the last months of the season, we've seen some rage quits here and there. And I think guys are willing to take that million dollar fine, but that's a million dollars in, uh, in dead money. So I would prefer that some of that goes to the other manager. I don't know how much, uh, but 50, 50 seems pretty good. I think the league, that's a good amount of money that goes to nothing. And then the rest goes to the manager and maybe even cut that more. You do, uh, three-fourths split where 25% goes to the manager, 75 goes to dead money. And I, I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out. Um, you could also do something where uh, there is no dead money in the league, and this is just something that popped into my mind to add on to this, of all the fines and all the supposed dead money, quote-unquote, that goes into the league, you know, with the exception of players retiring, um, you know, and all the other things that could happen to players uh, where they lose their value. You know, you could have something where someone can make their money back up at the end of the season. Um, and kind of instead of having, you know, how some people proposed for like the worst team in D2 or the worst team in D1, you know, in the past where it was just D1 only, you have like a comp- like something to help them get up. In this case, in D2, maybe all that dead money goes to the worst team in D2 and maybe gives them a, an opportunity to get better. And maybe that is something that the league will install as some sort of... Um, some sort of clause uh, that takes place in the league or some type of event that takes place in the league. Because if you finish last in D2, it doesn't mean you're a bad player, but maybe, uh, I'm not saying it a huge injection of cash. I mean, no telling of, of all the fines of rage quitting. And now that uh, not finishing your games is pretty much suspension. I do think it's very interesting to see how the league would take this. Um, I do believe that if you use that dead money for something else, uh, to maybe help another team. I think it'd be very interesting because the amount would always vary. And at worst, you could cap that money as well. Um, I think it would just be a cool thing to add to the league. I know some people won't like that because they're like, well, what if they're able to buy better players? Well, they finished last in D2, so I think they would still need that help uh, regardless of what the competitive balance is. I think that would be one of the best competitive balance moves the league has ever made if that was something that they are cho- choosing to do. I think both in the fact that they would stop rage quitting and also in the fact they would help probably the worst team in the league, and not by skill, just by build, helping them build a more prolific roster, and albeit it would be very slow from a D2 team, even if they finish last uh, this season, regardless of who it was, I'm sure wouldn't mind an extra 5 to 7 mil if that's where they wanted to cap it. I don't have any further comments from anyone else on this topic, I just thought it'd be something interesting to talk about, because rage quitting, albeit not a gigantic issue, uh, it is something that probably should stop. I, I know some people get frustrated. Um, I've, like I said, I've been there. Um, 
but it, it is something that we need to get rid of, and uh, I cannot disagree with that uh, any uh, at all because it is something that needs to go away. Regardless, let's move on uh, to the second division. And in the second division, um, we haven't had a particular update on it on the games just yet, uh, so I won't bother with the whole let me read out the standings to you guys, and that's not to call anyone out. We're 10 days into June. I'm not worried about the uh, the standings I'll be at, at the moment. One thing that I find extremely fascinating is the incredible amount of point sharing amongst those in the top three, right? Let's go back. Benfica, Ajax, both beat Leicester City. Benfica does it again. And then Ajax does this thing to Benfica where they tie and then they beat Benfica. And then they play Leicester. They lose 5-2. So all the teams in the top three have been able to beat one another except, you know, with Leicester and Benfica. Uh, they will play one more time, by the way. And I think it's just incredible. These teams wanted to build leads, right, in the in the division. And they've been able to do that by beating everyone else and beating each other. I just find it spectacular that you rarely see this happen. I don't think we saw that last... Actually, you know what? We did see that last season as well. The season before that is what I was thinking of, where you saw some teams make some early mistakes, and then they really just kind of all push forward at the same time. You know, let's not forget Manchester United has won a D2 title, and in that particular season, they were absolutely red hot. In this instance, the last two seasons in D2, we've seen three teams really rise to the top, and they kind of sit there all alone. I know Ajax went on to play a lot of their the brunt of their games um, already, and I know Benfica and Leicester still have a handful of matches to play. Uh, but you look at a team like Ajax going out and getting all their points, with the exception of the Leicester City game, but beating a Benfica team that really has been very good against equal or greater opposition uh, this year. So I, I find it extremely eye-opening for this Ajax team, I think what they did is this month proved that not only do they deserve to hang out and play with the best guys in D2, but they're more than deserving to go to D1, which is something that's been talked about by many people, including D1 managers, uh, throughout the entire season. As for Leicester and Benfica, I, I, I think they speak for the... I think they speak for themselves. I mean, they're, they're going to go up along with Ajax... And like I've been saying all season, the top three is set. These three teams know what they're going to do. They know how they're going to get it done. And it's all about getting to D1. Honestly, it's it's all about getting to D1. What you do after that is on you. So, obviously, I'm not going to dive into what's going on in the division. There isn't an entire whole lot of going games going on. I know IX, like I said, played a lot of their matches. Um... I haven't really seen much of anybody else playing their games. So until then, obviously, I'll bring more to your guys' attention. Um, but let's not forget, this season is going to come down, at least for who wins the title here, is going to come down to the last month. And obviously, you guys can hear all that on the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. Wherever you guys get your podcasts, you guys can hear and catch up on everything that's going on within the San Pedro FIFA League um anyways we're gonna take a break when we come back i'm gonna talk about some of the d1 teams and what's going on up there and how what the decisions they've made now by moving players on uh, loaning players out could really affect them in the future we'll be right back 
Okay, so D1, obviously, when I talked about the transfer window, we needed. We talked about some teams that desperately needed to make some moves. The irony of talking about those teams is those teams now are all three in the bottom three, right? I talked what team was I was surprised in making any moves, AC Milan, right? They didn't make a significant anything happen. And unfortunately for Alejandro and his squad, they now sit in the automatic relegation zone, albeit they do have a chance to bounce back. Um, you know, they are tied on points. The goal differential separates them. That could be a big factor going in towards the last couple months of the season. That's something that is going to apply uh, for these teams. As for Bayern and PSG, they've picked it up a bit uh, to their credit. They've played a lot better. Um, but, you know, the expectation for these teams is a lot lower than this AC Milan squad that has finished high up in the table or at least in the top uh, 13 for, I think, their entire existence. They've never really had a season where they're like, damn, we've been absolutely terrible. This is their worst season to date. And it could cost them a Division One spot, which... Um, is looking more apparent with Dortmund playing a lot better. Uh, Ronnie's been able to keep himself afloat pretty well with uh, his team. Uh, and you look at David, Atletico Nacional, they've been up, they've been down, they've been all over the place, but they've been able to avoid those 16 and down spots, and they've been able to keep themselves up just enough. Um, and with the fluctuations of talent on Manchester United, Kashima, Real Madrid, and Tottenham, all those teams have kind of picked up the pace. They realize if I just get enough points... I'm not worrying about the bottom five aspect of this season, maybe next season, but as for right now, they're not too tempted by it. I think that's something that they could be happy about. But for the teams in the bottom five, specifically the bottom three, maybe enough moves weren't made, and now they are paying for those moves almost immediately. As for young boys in Dortmund, uh, I think it's more so just figuring out the pieces that they have uh, than it is more so about the talent because you look at around them, they have some decent players. I know Ronnie got rid of Vardy and then Vardy eventually left Manchester United for Kashima. So there is <clears throat> a little bit of players bouncing around. I know Dortmund got rid of Morata. There is a lot of moves being made by these teams where they're getting rid of, and, they're, and, and I think for Dortmund's case, uh, some waste. But I think in other aspects, they're finding ways to get points. Um, that maybe teams and other people didn't think they were going to be able to get them before. And don't get me wrong, none of these teams have spectacular defenses. I mean, Dortmund, 67 goals allowed. Um, and then you look at Young Boys, 56. Neither team has scored over 40 goals total on the year. I think that's a worrying sight because if you look at a team like Nacional, Manchester United, Kashima, who surprisingly are two goals away from 50, which is already a 10-goal improvement from where they were last season. Uh, so... That's already a big start for a team like them. Look at Real Madrid. They've already given up 20 less goals on the season than they did the entirety of last year. I know that they could still catch that amount, but it's not something to really worry about, I think, for them. I think their defense has gotten a lot better. Uh, those young players that I talked about going into the season that needed to develop are actually doing that. And I think you're seeing uh, Luis kind of be... Uh, I think experimental in the way he uses his team, but at the same time, he knows what talent is there. You look at Tottenham, a very talented group. I know they're very 50-50 team at times, but they've played particularly well, except with the result against Arsenal. The same thing with Arsenal is how I feel about Tottenham at the moment. Both teams very talented, but they're very inconsistent. Can they beat some of the best teams on a good day? Yeah. But can they also have just absolutely terrible performances? Yeah, I mean, those are things that they go through. Those are the progressions uh, that these teams feel, and that's why they sit in the 10-11 spots.
because they're not consistent. Liverpool, I'd say, you know, as they sit in ninth currently as we go into the last two months, I think it's more so that they've given their talent away. You know, and as I'm just going up into the table, you look at an LAFC, a Wolves, and a Celtic, I would kind of group them together. I think Liverpool, at their max talent, could try and crack a top five, top four spot. But realizing that it's not essential at the moment to crack those spots, I think he's felt kind of like LAFC, like, I'm going to let my guys go. I'm so far away from being relegated. What's the difference between 6th and 10th place if I end up there? I don't think for those teams there's that much of an irrelevance. Um, And these teams are doing good business. You know, they know their mid-table. They can consistently build their teams, and then they'll take a shot at it. And, you know, I think Celtic, you look at them, they're kind of overperforming in many great lengths. Their defense has been pretty good. Um, Do I think they'd be better than a Liverpool at their best, both teams at their best? No, I think it'd be a very evenly dueled battle. I know they played well uh, in the FA Cup, did Celtic, but it didn't end well. So there's still some growth there for those teams in the six to nine spots. I know that they need to continuously build something but they're the better teams of the mid-table group. And obviously in the top five, you're looking at Lyon, Augsburg, Barca, America, and Chelsea. I do think, um, and this has been talked about to some of the people I know around the league and other managers have expressed this to me, they do think, much like Dre is overperforming, they sometimes feel that if the FIFA were to change, Evan would be overperforming at the moment. And this is something that got brought to my attention um, a few weeks ago, and it was something that me and the guys that helped produce the show, we talked about, and we weren't necessarily in full agreement. We'd want to see a sample of it first, but the way that Evan plays, it's very much exonerated and very factual to the point that this FIFA benefits pace. It, it really loves that one-touch snap pass or the through ball that can beat the defender Um, is very much in play in this FIFA, whereas in other FIFAs, you had to break down teams um, a lot more elaborately. That's why you saw a team run by Ryan or myself was able to have more success back then because pace, even though it was a thing on the breakaway, you couldn't use it to break down an opponent literally in the final third the way that you can in this FIFA. And I think that really affects some people when you go and look at the past tables and the way that this FIFA sets up the way people play defense. Like I've never seen Lyon play the defense that they have, even though, albeit they still haven't allowed more than 40 goals. This is probably one of their worst seasons. And you could really attribute that to the FIFA more so, I think, because you look at the talent around him along with Roman, the talent's there. These teams know that. And maybe they're just having bad seasons, but you look at the season Evan's having, a total of 69 goals through 24 games. Uh, This is obviously his best season yet. Uh, We'll be able to see in the long term if he could recreate it, you know. But even guys like Serge and Chelsea, when teams tend to sit them or sit deep on them, um, it takes them one a lot longer to break you down. And we've kind of seen the cracks in these teams. And yeah, albeit they're undefeated. um, I know that's a pressure in itself. Uh, I think Chris and Serge Yeah, they're well past the streak that I had posted and Chris had previously posted the season before of not losing games. Um, So they are past that undefeated streak already, both of them. Whether they continue it, I think is going to be the biggest mystery because you don't know what you're going to get when you play those teams that I just previously talked about. And I know that those teams are going to run into them pretty damn soon. And I, I always try to differentiate the divisions and then the placing in those specific divisions, what that means for these teams. 
But right now, it, even if a team like Club America takes the lead in this race for even if it's for a month, you still have one more month to go after that. And I do believe the ending to this season might be the best ending we're going to get in the sense of points may run dry at some point, right? I mean, these teams might start tying and they could that could really affect how these other teams in the three, four, five spots tend to start playing, albeit they don't probably believe that they're going to have a chance to come back. No one's saying that. But to create it, create a race that gets these top two teams to kind of have a sense of urgency, um, I think will be something that we need to pay attention to. I know Chelsea and America have been the best two teams in the league all season. But that could go away so quickly. Even if both of them lose matches, there's an outside chance that a Barcelona or an Augsburg could jump back in it. Augsburg gave Chelsea one hell of a match. So I think some teams will look at that and say, listen, I know what I need to do. I have to focus. I have to maybe change my tactics for this specific game. And I think once teams start to realize that sitting deeper is a tactic that is very smartly used by teams in real life, maybe that's something that they comprehend and put into action in our gaming league. Because I do believe that Sometimes when someone has the superior players and they may be, even if it's just a little bit better than you skill-wise in FIFA, sometimes you have to adapt to them and play a strategic game. Play chess a little bit before you open up your game and try and do these other things. Now, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is when it's 0-0, you can take the game either way you want it, right? No matter how talented Chris and Serge are, because they're only as good as their players allow them to be, Right? So if there is a strategy, if someone has the secret, we almost saw Andrew pull that off almost perfectly. And I had talked to Andrew before that game. Uh, I know I talked about it a little bit last week, but I had talked to him a little bit about how much he wanted that match. Did that change the way he approached it? Almost immediately it changed the way he approached it and other games he had played. Did, is it a perfect system? Is it always going to work against every opponent? No. I think certain guys are very much used to teams sitting deep on them and having to approach that match knowing this is the tactic they're probably going to use. They're not going to try to match us aggression for aggression. They're going to sit back and hope they get a couple chances. And some of, for some of us, I think it has almost worked. And then you see those D1 teams really take advantage and say, hey, so-and-so did this. Let me see if I can do this. I have better players. I have the better talent. Maybe I can flip the script a lot easier with what I have. And you saw teams like Augsburg do that against America in the tournament. And no one really, I guess, tried uh, to perfection against Chris, but teams definitely gave it an effort. And uh, I think that's something that you're seeing an approach change. Because even in the times I've talked to my producers who are both D1 managers, when the games mean something, their attitude changes if obviously, you know, we get to this point in the season where they realize, hey, I'm not winning the league. I'm going to keep myself in a decent perspective to avoid relegation or the bottom five. And I'm going to just kind of put myself in a better position for next season. Obviously, those are two different attitudes. Right? I, I just think that when the games are serious, these guys are going to show up. And as long as they have a significant opportunity to make a difference in the standings, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. All right, guys, thank you once again for listening. I know this is a shorter podcast. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I know that 
We haven't had a lot of games yet, so me doing a podcast sometimes isn't always the best idea. Um, cert- to certain people, they think it's a waste of time because they're like, hey, you know, maybe these guys aren't going to really want to listen. It's okay. Um, for those of you who are the consistent 15 to 20 people who always listen, thank you guys very much. I know uh, that things aren't perfect uh, when I do the podcast or maybe there's something I talked about that you didn't really care for. That's all right. Um, but if there's anything you want to talk to me about, uh, you guys can hit my line at the San Pedro FIFA League on Instagram, or you can message me directly at George William Tell on Instagram. You guys can do those things. Um, if your managers, you want to message me just like a specific manager did to talk about a certain topic, I will gladly talk about it. I am not afraid to talk about these uh, uh, these issues that come about on our podcast. I think it's something that it's easy to talk about because it doesn't have to happen. Right. I mean, there are certain things that I get upset about that I wish could be changed. Do I expect them, though? No. I mean, it's not my league. I'm not running the league. Does that mean I think the the league board has to listen to everything I say or anybody else says? No, that's that's why they're there. They're doing their jobs. But long story short, guys, thank you once again for uh, listening. I I always appreciate the support um, that you guys give. And I know things have been a little hard lately, so. Anything that support, anything love like that, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys are safe. You know, take care of yourselves. Make sure everybody's good. Um, I'm George Tello, and this has been this week's episode of the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. Until next week, guys. Goodbye.